welcome to another edition of Buy High No Limit. In this edition, we'll be covering uh, Teddy Tech's Law. The episode itself was taken from the live stream of the Teddy Tech Sofa Club that myself and Dan Farriman do uh, for the Discord server and goes out live on Dan Farriman's channel, which you can find at, at Illarterate, which is at I L L A R T E R A T E. Special mentions have got to go out to at Who's the Suit, which is Leela Johnson, for recording me a sting or two for this particular episode. And also, the music is coming from uh, Mr. Nisness at mrnisness.bandcamp.com. And also, the Crush Test Dummies pastiche that you'll hear a bit later, courtesy of Wayne Drearden at WJD2Owls. So, with all the housekeeping out of the way, let's get straight into the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Teletext Sofa Club and Teletext Star Podcast crossover tonight. My co-host is here with me, Carlos Atrell. I nearly said my Carl is here. Hello, my Carl. How, how are you, my Carl? Well, hello, my Dan. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very well. I'm very well. It's good to be back. It's been a while, but it's always great to be back on the mm. internet. It's, it's brilliant. It's nice to be back, and there's plenty to um, do a little bit of catch up on. And you've, got, you've, you've selected lovely subjects to talk about tonight as well. So, looking forward to um, talking a little bit about that, but having a good old catch up, really. And it's um, nice to yeah. um, have people in on the Discord, having a you know uh, sticking their sticking their ears in and uh, and adding their two penneth from time to time. So, um, yeah, that's no, all, all all good, mate. All good. Excellent. Yes. Hello to everybody in the Discord. It's always good to have you here. You did mention tonight's topic, but I can't take 100% credit for this because I was watching YouTube and a podcast cropped up in my recommendations and it was called Facts Law. Now, appropriately enough, the name of the podcast is Net Law, but they were doing an episode on Facts Law. Now, both of those types of communication are plays on the word folklore. So folklore, facts and traditions that have been accumulated over time through education or experience. So facts law, a very, very interesting subject, actually. I couldn't wait to text Carl about this because I knew he would love to do an episode about this. So what's your understanding of facts law, Carl? Mm, well, very high tech. What's this? It's a fax machine. Is it? Marvellous what they can do nowadays. What does it do? It transmits documents down a telephone wire. You must have to roll them up ever so small. It's electronic. You put your documents in, you dial a number, and they come out the other end. What other end? Wherever there's another fax machine. What's happening? It's the office. Someone's faxing something to me. Oh, pictures. <laughs> if you've got work to do at home, British Telecom has more to offer than phones. Well, it thank thanks for the rabbit hole, really, Dan, because it's um it, it's one of them things that you've um you you don't really um you know see the universe that you get yourself into because um uh, fax law originated from something before that as well, uh, copier law. So um, the technology of the day was photocopiers. People would photocopy things over on a photostat or a Xerox. Um, and these jokes would be circulated around offices. Um, 
people would would photocopy jokes and circular letters, chain letters, and and anything like that. And then as the as the facts would distort. The, the original joke might get lost and a new joke be created from it. So uh, you get hoaxes and you get sort of hearsay and myths coming around from it. And by extension, facts law would be putting those pieces of paper through from copier law and sending them to other offices. And they were slowly distorted as well. Um, I, you know, some examples that I found on the net was a, a, a tie on a cartoon cat would get longer and longer and people would make the tie longer and longer on, <laughs> on the fax machine. And of course, when you're sending it through on a fax, the fax doesn't cut off until, and, and until the, the, the drawing's gone through. So like, uh, you can imagine people like spamming somebody else with, with, with a cartoon of a cat wearing a tie and it just going on forever. So it's funny for the first two pages, maybe, but by the 50th page, you're trying to unplug the thing as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, if you weren't getting that, you're getting chain letters, um, a, a fax attack as well, where um, if you're unlucky enough, um, it used to happen on Facebook with us, so modern equivalents, isn't it? It's sort of like uh, there used to be groups like, let's all poke Dan, and everyone join the group and, and poke poke the person that they were mentioning, you know, share their uh, profile on, on Facebook, and everybody would poke them to death. Um, so, yeah, you had a fax attack as well, uh, similar to that. Plenty of conspiracy theories. Um, uh, like the, the one of the most famous ones was um, Gullible being removed out of the dictionary, um, <laughs> which was apparently accredited down to fax law as well. Um, plenty of fax law jokes, probably uh, probably better than some of mine. Uh, told you I was a gambler, and uh, my wife's left me. But don't worry, I think I can win her back. Um, hey. and <laughs> i'm here all i'm here all night um yeah so um you know there's quite a few examples flying around of a of, of fax law um and you know we see hopefully we can explore as that moves into other tech laws as well you can see that that goes into um you know things like um copy and paste and all that on onto facebook and socials it's the same stuff but maybe doesn't degrade as much in quality yeah, it's like a game of telephone, except it's telefax. You know, I, I learned the other day that fax machines are called telefaxes. So mm. that's a that's a cool little crossover. If um if YouTube is to be believed there, but uh, it it isn't always, is it? But no. yeah, I remember oh, back in the two thousands, I would get those types of emails that would say, "Send this on to five people, otherwise something bad might might." happen to you yeah you won't run out of fax paper yes yeah well that's one good thing about moving over to the internet but that's more net law as in communication via the internet and the communication of these urban legends etc knowledge passed on between each other directly uh via email so that that was the evolved version of fax law which was the evolved version of copy law and then before that would have just been I don't know, paper law, just word of mouth, basically. Yeah. Or, or knocking things up on a typewriter and things being, tra- you know, mis- miscommunicated in transcriptions, um, that'd be, be a thing. And also, um, when I was doing a little bit of research into it, there's a, there's a whole Soviet side to it as well. I don't know, did you pick up on that at all, Dan? Yeah, that's mentioned in the... Guys, if you want to look this up, uh, there's an excellent article on Wikipedia. And normally, I wouldn't recommend Wikipedia articles because they're secondary sources, but this one contains, this one is an actual piece of research, and it's got 
over a dozen actual what what have we got here we've got a bunch of books that aren't on the internet old books from the 90s uh, urban 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 folklore from the paperwork empire uh, urban folklore um basically mm. uh, a series by alan dundes and carl r pater mm. i think that's how you pronounce it so yeah mm. that's an excellent starting mm. point and mm. right yeah. so I just want to add about the Soviet thing. It's very interesting because um, typewriters were registered to the state. So the subculture of sending subversive messages had to be done on non-registered typewriters. Um, so it was quite interesting to see how their version of fax law was was going through, really, just to try and uh, be sort of, I don't know, I guess like white hat, white hat hackers, you know, the, the anonymous of the day. Actually reminds me of an excellent documentary I saw about how they would have bootleg music, but they would use uh, printed x-rays. You know the, the material they print x-rays on? It turns out that is a half-decent way of printing uh, records. So it was obviously it had a, sh a limited shelf life. It, it might last... A few months or whatever. Celluloid sort of um, that that sort of plasticky material. I think it could be That's quite right. explosive as well, actually. Yeah. Oh, be careful then. Make make sure your turntable doesn't blow up. But yeah, they would do that uh, when Western music was banned. Uh, they would get imported bootleg music and play that on the record player <laughs> with a picture of somebody's leg. <laughs> yes. Uh, what would be inappropriate? song for that you put your left leg in your left leg i, I don't know well I, I, I won't i won't dignify that with the answer that you're, yes. you're waiting for well <laughs> well sorry yeah and I'm, I'm getting off topic as i tend to do <laughs> yes sorry no. so uh fax law yeah so mm. fax law is a, a very interesting topic and it's funny that this is the first i'd heard of it in my whole life it's existed since what since fax machines started basically uh, the first use of the term Xerox law was in Michael J. Preston's essay, Xerox Law, 1974. And then photocopy law is sort of the generic term for that because Xerox is a, mm -hmm. a copyrighted term, isn't it? Yes. I don't know if that's become like Hoover or something. It's a generic, um, it's a generic uh, name, isn't it? So, yes. yeah, yeah. So, people Xerox things, but yeah, it's photocopier, I guess, for. Um, uh, for, 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 for us, like non-advertising types. Yeah, and I would definitely think about getting those books, certainly, mm -hmm. because it sounds like a very interesting subject. But what I wanted to ask tonight, because this is a teletext stream slash podcast, isn't it? What I wanted to mm -hmm. ask is, could we apply that idea to teletext and have teletext law? So that would be all one word, as in, urban legends, humorous stuff, etc., transmitted via teletext. Now, I think it should be pointed out that um, people couldn't communicate directly via teletext in the same way as faxes, because broadcast teletext was a one-way system. But it could be said that teletext does have its own folklore. And there, there was a way around that because there would be moderators. It would act like a heavily moderated forum, wouldn't it? You'd have mm -hmm. letters pages, things like back chat and magazine, which we'll go into a little bit more tonight. 
So yeah, th this relates to teletext in a wider cultural context than just mm. the history of the medium. So we're mm. talking about its social impact and how it's remembered. Mm. So Carl, I wondered if you could come up with any ideas off the top of your head as to what might constitute teletext law. Because it's asynchronous, as you say, so it's not like a two and four um, thing where you get feedback straight away from a recipient. Um, a lot of the teletext law does stand up in the way that you'd interpret how teletext is behaving in front of you. Um, so a, a, a very good example uh, that that you highlighted um, to to actually contextualise the whole thing was um, when you when the page doesn't refresh as quickly as it normally would in a football score. You know, I I I actually thought it was because they were changing the page, um, and of course, lo and behold, the score would change or a wicket would go down. Um, you know, or, or or it would flick very quickly and then flick back. You know, and and I you always thought that it was was because they were working behind the scenes to, to crank it up, and it only really just occurred to me when we were discussing the podcast that perhaps that's just a load of rubbish. So all this time I'd believed, um, you know, that 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 bit of teletext law. Oh yeah, I, I definitely did that. I would watch cricket matches on teletext, and if it was taking a long time, I would start to get nervous because, well, maybe that's just because following the England cricket team in the nineties, it was like that. You, you, they would lose a wicket every five minutes. So, so every time teletext stalled, there just so happened to be a wicket because we were really bad at batting. Yeah, but going back to tel the teletext law, I think that comes under the heading of rituals. So everybody would have their own rituals and superstitions, I guess, is a good one. Um, but there were also rumors, lots and lots and lots of rumors about teletext services because teletext ran for so long and there was so much content on there. So many magazines and so many people using it. Well, people would make up stuff. Some of it wasn't even... Some of it was true, but a lot of it was just made up stuff. I mean, um, one of mine was, will the page load quicker if you press hold and you unhold it again? <laughs> All that that would do is uh, make it so that you could see the pages scrolling around at the top. You know the number that changes? Yep, yep the magazine as it's going around, yeah. You could see where it was currently in the broadcast. But in my head it was, come on, make it hurry up, come on. So that was, yeah, and that that's no different to uh, like you know if you're watching something on Netflix and it buffers, you pause it to try and make sure there's a little bit more in the in the cache. So when you play it, it doesn't stutter. So the the, the thought process carries on, and now it actually works. <laughs> it, it it works, but yeah, but yes. back then again, rituals. Um, you know, it's sort of like you would. Um, you, I, I, I had a very, a very daft ritual of um, like shutting my eyes for thirty seconds just to see if I could get the same page up again as it went round in a carousel. <laughs> um, you know, and, and and actually, you know, you wouldn't know if it actually flicked over or not. It's just like a, just some sort of like mind exercise I used to do from time to time. Um, and the clock cracker as well, going to the clock cracker and some of the some of the pages up near the six hundreds. Um, you know to you know, I used to have sort of conspiracy theories about what the ITV region opt-out pages, 
you know what what they were and were they the first to know about something um you know uh in 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 the event of an emergency or something like that you know or or seeing some of the abbreviations and wondering what they actually meant um so yeah there, there's a lot that law could be based on um on that um so you know but in these enlightened times you know you you could perhaps dispel some but others you, you just don't know about i mean you know there's this there's this infamous CFAX holidays that, that keeps coming around as well. And that is law with a capital L now, if you ask me. Well, it's partially our fault because we uh, propagate this, don't we? <laughs> it's sort of, it's always been there. People always used to call it CFAX holidays because CFAX became a sort of generic term for the medium. Like, mm. like we said, uh, Hoover or, Xerox, or, yeah, or yeah. Google or Xerox. Yeah. So, it's no surprise that people get the two mixed up. But the the reason why that meme is funny to us as Teletext geeks is because, well, of course, CFAX was the BBC, and the BBC never had any advertising or holidays or anything like that. It was a Teletext limited thing. But then Teletext limited, limited caught that sort of controversy by calling the Teletext service Teletext don't they? It's, it's really confusing looking back and having to write articles because you always have to clarify we're talking about Teletext Limited here and not Teletext with a lowercase t. Yeah, yeah. well, ZX Gesser says in regards to your shutting your eyes, uh, shutting your eyes to not see all the later subpages for spoilers. Now, that reminded me of when you would try and avoid the football scores on a Saturday, which was often a, a pointless exercise because it would just crop up on the screen. Now, I mean, these <laughs> days I do it with, with the Formula One. It would just, they just blazingly give it out when I'm listening to the football. They're saying, oh, Max Verstappen has won in the Formula One. Well, thank mm. you for that. I was going to watch it later. Yeah, because when you when you turn a text on, it goes to page 100. You always had that risk of um, the double height headline being about sport and if you were trying to avoid something the um yeah it would often come up and go oh you know another loss for the lactics and you know, oh right okay that's it i know i know what i'm not doing tonight i'm not watching the uh, highlights you know um yeah. but there was that, that that goes back to um a story that we with ian westbrook um that I, who i interviewed on one of the uh teletext people podcasts he said that they used to run the snooker as live um, on the BBC, but they were quicker on CFAX because they had actually, the game had probably finished 20 minutes prior and it was only being shown as live um, on, on grandstand, uh, for, for instance. So they used to get complaints. They said, can you slow the CFAX down or embargo the results? Um, so it would tie up with um, with what people were watching on on the telly. So yeah, that, that's often that that sounds like that's not 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 a, a modern uh, phenomena at all. You know, it sounds like uh, it, it could happen that way. So yeah, uh, my, my shut my eye so I don't don't read what happens on magazine sub page twelve. Um, so I could get back round to uh, sub page one again would be uh, would be most fitting for that. I reckon. Yeah waiting for the QPR scores to come around. But you, you only want to know what the other scores are and not the QPR score. But then it's completely ruined when loads of goals are scored. So the they go into a fourth sub-page. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get loads of different scorers. You know, it was all right if they scored a hat-trick because it would be one name with three 
three numbers after it. But yeah, when you've got like, and nowadays, I mean, I mean, they're putting down assists, missed penalties, uh, VAR overalls and all that. If you imagine that on a, on a CFAX page of today, it'd be like, it'd be like as if, um, you know, it'd be like the live international score where one page was devoted to it. And it'd be like that for every single fixture um, in, in the top tier, top tier of football. So uh yeah, no, there, there is that. So did you have any more sort of superstitions um, with, with your CFAX and uh, Oracle habits? I always... Bamboos or at all? Did you ever sort of like the, think that you could... Uh... I know I know what you're referring to. I, I never heard this myself. I only heard this when I came onto the internet and heard people talking about it and joined this sort of community that you could cheat at Bamboozle. I had no idea that that was possible, maybe because I was young and... <laughs> Or maybe you, I didn't want to... You weren't a rule bait breaker, were nah. you? <laughs> well, you're only cheating yourself, you know, when you mm. cheat at Bamboozle. So uh, it was mentioned in our introduction theme by Mr. Wayne Deard. And thank you very much, Wayne. One, one of the long-time watchers of Teletext Sofa Club and listeners to Teletext R. A while ago, he made us some tunes. And one of them referred to that fact. He said you could cheat at Bamboozle. By pressing buttons really quickly, which is basically true. It sums it up uh, in a nice little package there. <laughs> but could, I, I had you no could page back, you. couldn't you? If you did did one wrong, you could page back on modern sets. But yeah, I, I don't know whether you could sort of like you you could you couldn't like just like um, I don't know brute force brute force all the possible answers maybe. Once there was a man who asked questions on Teletext. His name was Bamba Boozler. When you got a question wrong, he said that you have been bamboozled. Those are way to cheat, they'll press buttons really quickly. Eject, eject is here, and he says, In this love, in this house, we love CFAX Acid Crew. So shout out to CFAX Acid Crew, who we've, we've both met, I think, at one of the block parties in Cambridge. He came <laughs> along for the last day. Uh, eject says hello there one of my videos my videos made me interested in the concept of teletext oh well that's fantastic i'm glad that i could introduce you to this crazy rabbit hole (laughs) and hence you're here tonight um so welcome to the show it's good to have you here so um i'd like to open this up to the people in chat while we're talking about it did any of you guys have any superstitions or rituals like for example i had uh, a ritual of checking the pages at the same time each day because it would be in the morning either before breakfast or while I was having breakfast just quickly because it would only take a few minutes to eat breakfast but teletext was great for that because of the brevity it was short to the point and you could get a very good picture of everything that was happening in the world it didn't it didn't go into too much detail or you, or you could actually press like 107 and go into more detail. Uh, but you could, uh, I guess, take it in at your own pace, which was a great thing of teletext. So so you could 
you could go to work and say, oh, did you see that thing about um, this guy in the media? What is it? Ozzy Osbourne? What, that Ozzy Osbourne. What has he been saying this week? <laughs> and you knew that because you checked teletext. <laughs> and you could pretend to be knowledgeable about every subject. <laughs> well, when you, yeah, when we're talking about um, teletext law and hoaxes and things like that, there have been some really good ones. Um, worms. The, uh, the 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 special team seventeen um, April the first edition um, and that 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 that's come round as teletext lawn now um, where you know some people are genuinely asking about it. Yeah, I always enjoy it when some of those hoaxes get reposted either in in seriousness or tongue in cheek because mm. it's always nice to see them again. It's always nice to to see them roll around again, uh, like with the worms thing excellent artwork excellent mm. artwork by steve horsley who actually worked for teletext back in the day and it, that's why you believe it because mm. it's it has that genuine genuine element uh, made by a genuine teletext artist from back mm. in the day uh, and i guess that's why cfax holidays works in sort of the same way it it's it's genuine enough to fool people. But as Peter Kwan points out with that screenshot, you can tell that it's fake by the fact that the shadow on the palm tree is facing the wrong way. The sun is in the top right, but the shadow is facing, is casting to the right. And that was that. <laughs> so somebody has actually got a real good holiday deal from CFAX. Because, you see, I, I always thought at the time that, you know, you, you eventually got what the number was and you phoned it up or whatever you had to do, and they were all gone, and it was just a sort of lost leader. But you actually got a decent holiday from that. Yeah, I've got a terrific holiday, yeah. Brilliant. Rod, thank you. You've, you've restored my faith in human nature. Rod from Rayleigh, thank you. Zedex Gesser says... The worst things that people do, pe the worst thing that people do is crap out the header so people can't even see the date for a clue. Mm. Oh, right, we're talking about the CFAX holidays thing there, I think. <laughs> oh, I see, yes. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, uh, the, the date of it, I mean, and um, the COVID one, which was a pastiche of it, um, that I made with the broken palm tree and just like rubbishly putting in COVID-19 where where CFAX was um, I've just realised that the, the, the shadow must be in the wrong direction <laughs> on that one as well but, but, well no that stuff is great because it's a transformative meme in mm. the modern internet age it's it's very memeable and it's out there in the public domain it's a public domain picture anybody can use it for whatever they want it's actually a composite of different it takes little bits from different pages so you've got i don't think i mentioned this on anything before but look at the top you've got the cfax logo mm -hmm. taken directly from cfax holidays is taken from the travel and the travel and weather page on a 90s cfax page and then you've got the palm tree bottom left taken from a bbc travel page and the rest of it is just filled in with, with Megaluf 1988, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so it's all, it's a composite of different pages. It, it's, uh, a, it's a, 
it's, it's a portmanteau. It's a yeah. celebration, a celebration I, of teletext. And I, I feel like that is very much in the modern spirit of remixing things. They put it out there, let other people adapt it. And I, I think that's one of the great things with teletext art and what the community is doing. Uh, and Paul B. Davis, of course, who mm. you spoke to on your podcast, you're putting the information and the data and the software out there for people to try it and, you know, adapt it however they want, put their own spin on it. Right. So, well, going back to our teletext law, I think language is an important part of folklore. And so it's an important part of teletext law, our, our concept of teletext law that we're exploring tonight. So um, if anybody ever visited Digitizer, you'd know that specific teletext magazines had their own internal languages. So words and phrases that are particular to, to that little magazine or little, little idiosyncrasies and things like that um, that are particular to those. For, like, for example, magazine. I, I'm going to go into magazine quite a lot, I think. I'd like to speak about that. But just to say that they would often censor the name of Backchat, which was the BBC competitor to magazine. So it would be B apostrophe, uh, B asterisk, C-K-C-H apostrophe T, which I always thought was very funny. Um, uh, but oddly enough, on the BBC equivalent, they didn't talk about magazine. So... I guess they're living rent-free in their head. <laughs> Hi, I'm Layla Johnston from Shift Run Stop, and you're listening to Bite High No Limit. So, um, in regards to services having their own language, look no further than Digitizer, which had its own internal law. In fact, it could have had the law for 500 teletext services. It had crazy characters it had its own like, weird in jokes do you, do you remember the revealos so those were press reveal to see xyz so it, it introduced an element of interactivity where you press reveal on the remote and you could see a nice little mosaic of some snakes saying hiss hiss hello hiss <laughs> but it, it was small pleasures mm. but delightful in its own way and uh, there was a little bit of the haves and the haves not have nots as well, because if you didn't have reveal functions on your remote, you couldn't see it, and you were thinking, "Oh, what is that?" So you'd go to the school playground the next day and ask, "But well, what was that reveal?" I don't know. Let's ask Jim. He he's the richest one. He's got the fanciest color television. <laughs> but what did it say? And he wouldn't read it because he had an Amiga. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So ZX Guesser says, Mock, mock, a mock, chill, ning, ning. Those are just a couple of the phrases that were used. There were like hundreds of them. If you go to Super Page 58, the website mm -hmm. by Chris Bell, who we've had on this show in the past, you will find a whole glossary of these terms an A to Z of these silly digitizer mm -hmm. in jokes. I mean, off the top of my head, though. There was the swans, and they found the way into Digitizer 2000 and the modern incarnation of YouTube Digitizer. Uh, what else did you have, Carl? Do you remember? 
Well, we had uh, Mr. T with the bins. That was always my favourite one. That was one that was one I could get as well. <laughs> so, yeah, stay away from my bins. And it was like all in like the last, the last thing was always in uppercase, you know. And it was like, yeah, so so that that was uh, ex- excellent. You know, Chart Cat used to have as well. Uh, Man's Daddy um, and the diary as well. The, the diary was great. And um yeah, I, I was reading back through some of them on Super Page Fifty Eight when I first, uh, you know, getting reacquainted with everything. And um, my God, you know, that was so funny. I, I went out and bought um, Paul Rose's book, Confessions of a Chatroom Geek, on the on the strength of it. So uh, yeah, no, it was it re- some really funny stuff. But yeah, it was sort of like a, it was a, it was a subculture within a subculture, wasn't it? And um, you had a lot of um, deference and a lot of. Um, uh, a lot of references paid to um to you know to two things within the world of digitizer on the teletech service it does actually make me think and um one of the guys in the discord will know this but there was a serial letter writer who used to write in and i can't remember the name of the chap but i think he used to write into digitizer and and a lot of other places as well and um used to get his um his thing up and and i think he's very much city text law as well so i can't remember the chap's name but i'm sure that someone out there will know it uh zx guesser says it's Stuart n hardy Stuart n hardy so do you know much about this guy well apparently he used to write into let's have a look he has a page on your sinclair and We've got discussion and sightings, 1998-99. He was in your Sinclair magazine. No, no, it wasn't, actually. Uh, Chatterbox on CFAX. Digitize a channel for TV letters on 5Text. It was uh, a scourge. Yeah. It was, it was a one-man content creator. He could be like, um, like, like a chatbot, couldn't he? Here's an example. Hot topic. Will piracy ever be eradicated? And Stuart says, piracy will, unfortunately, never be eradicated as long as greedy computer users persist in their quest to gain something for nothing. So we all agree with that, hmm. Mr. Hardy. Is he, is he sort of the Piers Morgan of lesser writers then? <laughs> he's, he's trying to rile people up and get people to call in or respond to him. Well, I think that what I took away from it was the fact that he would write in with the most obvious thing but it would get it would get printed uh but yeah he would he would he would oftentimes contradict himself and um he, you know to, to the stage where people would wouldn't understand his style of writing or his handwriting and and, and like you know depending on what what it was either put it up straight away or, or completely ignore him depending on the depending on who it was so um yeah that it was quite interesting so yeah i think he's very much teletext law as well so we should add him to the to the hall of fame yeah, I think he was printed because he was so infamous at some point. He would have been part of the furniture, I guess. Hmm. Part of the sofa club. There you go. Well, so, maybe he was like the, um, the, the the emergency broadcast system. You know, if you weren't getting letters from Stuart N. Hardy, you knew that the service wasn't coming out. <laughs> yes, it was like a test. Um, Hardy Day is March the 14th, apparently, so we've missed that. We've missed All the opportunity right. to do a stream about well, that. Why, 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 is, why March the 14th? Well, like the Queen, Hardy needs an official birthday so that we can celebrate his prose. Hardy Day, 14th of March, started 2000, is a day of contemplation, 
merrymaking, and messing around Mr. T's bins. Praise <laughs> you, Lord, for the birth of your son, Hardy. Well, that that, that we'll, we'll certainly uh, give that the old hashtag treatment next uh, next year. Then we'll we'll try and uh, bring that up. No, so we'll he, put that next to National Teletext Day. <laughs> He's Teletext Law in himself, isn't he? Yeah, 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 he is. Uh, which reminds me, National Teletext Day, is that, would that be another law? Because I'm, I'm sure I'll see that at least twice a year. Yeah, Teletext Day, what is it, September? Something like... September 23rd or something like that? I yeah, can't remember around now. about that time. And mm. I think this year will be, is it 49 years since CFX went on the air? Mm-hmm. And then next year is the big five O, which we've mm-hmm. got our plans for. We have plans. Teletext law has been going on for almost 50 years, guys. 50 years. We're even yeah. going back to yeah. the off The original. Of... Yeah. The original ten- Teletext law was Mr. McIntyre putting a hidden message in for Mrs. McIntyre to get the stove on, rub the sticks together, get, get the stove working. Because he's coming back for his crispy pancakes or whatever <laughs> they had in the 70s. Did he actually mention the Finder's crispy pancakes? Or is that some law that you've added? That, that's law as of 2023. <laughs> I was just trying to make it as 70s as possible. Um, yeah, so that is the original Teletext law. And we're still on the lookout for recoveries of that. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. <laughs> Finding a magazine that appeals to all the family is as easy as one, two, three. Page the Oracle, the magazine on the screen. Well, then we've added so far, we've got uh, our, our serial letter writer. Uh, what was the gentleman's name again? Stuart um, and Hardy. Yep, yep. So I think he, he's basically going to be used. I'm surprised he's not on Twitter or, or someone purporting oh. to be on Twitter. Um, we've got the, uh, the, 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 the Magic Magazine Carousel. Uh, pressing hold to see if uh, that would actually cache the page and, and, and make it load any quicker. Language. Well, language, yep, yeah, language. And the uh, yeah, the, the, the way other people refer to each other in, in the teletext world. Um, and also other popular bits of law, which were actually, you know, which we always go back to, the Wiccan Wanderers Super Striker. Oh, yes. Um, the, where the, you know, they, they advertised on CFAX. That, that, that's got to be law as well. Uh, and they got what was the gentleman's name again? The um, uh, Rory Sendo. Yeah, Rory Sendo. Rory. Um, and then the uh, Queens Park Rangers football manager who got the sack via uh, Oracle or, or CFAX. Um, so yeah, there's plenty, plenty of plenty of law law around it. So um, yeah, it's it's quite a quite quite an interesting thing. But I think the the, the law of um, you know. The law of obsolete technologies is so fascinating, um, and it was very much like a, a necessity of its time. Uh, but this is where perhaps Teletext doesn't quite fit because now, now that it's you know Teletext has been democratised for people who choose to use it because there's online editors and things like that. Um, it is now becoming the uh, sort of like the the, the synchronous uh, communication device, and it will it will evolve laws of itself. I mean, you know, it could be very careless to make a, uh, you know, we all joke about, um, you know, CFAX holidays and all that, but it could be very careless to actually put, I don't know, some some sort of page that that was meant to be passed off as a real page and then that go into 
the internet search engines and you know with, with things like um you know ai and all that now they could bring that up and cite that as a as an original source um and and you know that would that that law would then become sort of like very much like the the hoax hoaxes that were put around on facts law yeah absolutely and, and another thing i was going to mention uh, that's vaguely related to that is teletext is still going and what if one of these hoax pages was broadcast on one of those pages and believed to be real? But well, it's not entirely beyond the realms of possibility because CFAX Holidays has fooled many a person. It's even made it onto the, the BBC itself. So I think that's the ultimate cyclical life of the CFAX Holidays page. It will come full circle when it actually gets shown and presented as a real thing. It mm. sort of happened when it was on the one show. There was a mm -hmm. screenshot of the tele the CFAX Holidays mock-up, and there was a, a guy, a Vox Pop guy, that said, oh, yeah, I remember CFAX Holidays, yeah. Mm. I used, my sister used to go on it. Yeah, So <laughs> we, we've, it, yeah. we've sort of reached that now. But it makes you feel sort of guilty if you started those sorts of hoaxes, doesn't it? Because that wasn't the original intention. The intention was to have a bit of a laugh. Um, but a touchstone was hit, wasn't it? That thing, the touchstone was that people remembered it for holidays. People remembered the name CFAX. So uh, the, the, the rest sort of like it lends itself to, to, to things uh, quite, quite nicely. Um, and, you know, when you look at the uh, content that um, people are now providing on CFAX, you know, proper parodies, was it CFO? Um, yes. Would put, yeah, that, that, you know, they, they put up um, spoof TV and spoof movie, um, you know, references and all that. And, and you know, they are, they are very funny and they're, they're funny because they're delivered in a CFAX style. You know, if they were written out as a tweet, it would just look like a dad joke. But um, when they're done on CFAX, um, you know, they, 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 there's a certain gravitas, there's a certain believability uh, to, to, um, to, to, what they're, to what they're putting down. And it sort of plays around with the folklore a bit, mm. let's say. And, and that's how Teletext lives on, I think, in these sort of half-truths and remembered things that get reapplied now, like that, the mistaken belief that teletext was slow, but by the 90s, it was really quite quick because mm. you had modern televisions that cached the pages and all those other things that those myths that we've probably busted on the Mythbusters show that we did mm. of teletext are. Mm. Now, I suppose all of those count as folklore as well. The yeah. real turn of the worm being sick, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm. Did you ever go around to somebody else's house, have a beer, and watch a football match on Teletext? Well, I used to. We used to have like when when you couldn't get the TV, um, when you couldn't get the the, the the game live, you would have that on, and it basically in the end you'd just be watching Envision and completely ignoring the. Um, yeah, what what was going on, especially with the World Cup or something like that. You know, you'd have one game on and then you'd, you know, you'd have the results from the other. But one thing that we used to do in the late 90s, maybe just when um, Teletext 
took over. Stan James used to have a... Uh, Stan James is a bookmaker in the UK. Uh, Stan James used to buy some space. And I found some pages, and I think they were available to end users, but, you know, weren't... And it was, it was a black box that came up in the top right-hand corner. This is how early it was, because normally your scores go there now. But it would give you the live odds on corners. You know, it would say how many corners there were, throw-ins there were, and it would offer you the spread betting odds up in the corner. And that was a service, obviously, for some, like, you know, real sort of messed-up gamblers who could gamble on absolutely anything. And that used to be on um, UEFA Champions League when um, when ITV used to carry it. So that, that sort of dates when that was. So although, you know, you, it, it sort of sparked this memory off that, yeah, that's what you used to, used to watch. I mean, it never used to bet or anything like that. But, you know, this fascination that, that lots you and I have got with, with something going on in the background, it was always nice to see. But, yeah, that, that would update. And that would update quicker than the bloody news. You know, it was like, because that's where the money was. Um, but, yeah, there used to be sort of like live in-vision betting. Uh, towards the end so it got very innovative so you could sit down and have a beer to that i do remember that i definitely remember the envision betting obviously we would never put a bet on any of that but it was just fun to see it mm. see oh really chelsea 30 to 1 to score next wow really mm. that much mm. so yeah so what you mentioned about going round to a mate's house introduces kind of social hierarchies Going back to what we said about Jim in the playground is the posh kid, posh kid who has access to the reveal functions. <laughs> it, he might be the one whose house that you all go to and crowd around his TV, have a Budweiser or whatever, and <laughs> watch the Envision betting. Yeah, and it, often a Trinitron as well. If it was if it was Jim with the reveal button, he'd have a flat square tube Trinitron screen with fast text. Yeah, or oh, fast text, of course. Yeah, because. Um, that's another thing that sorted the rich from the poor, isn't it? Mm. Fast text. You've got a. We paid an extra one hundred pounds for our fast text televisions. Yeah. Yep, you're either you're either renting one or you were you were loaded and you had one. You know, yeah. sort of. Uh, and actually, that was a thing. You know, my my set didn't have fast text on. My mates did, and it was like, wow, this is incredible. You know, it's sort of like. You understood how it works and all that, you know, it weren't anything like that. And then when the new teddies come out and it knew what channel it was going to in, you know, because there was some extra teletext packages it could read to tell you whether you're on BBC, ITV or, or Channel 4, you know. So, yeah, there's all, all, all sorts of things like that. But, you know, the, the law would go that I thought I had that in my set and I'd be searching, you know, every single page to try and enable it. Also, knowing what I know now, not knowing what I knew then, the level 2.5, 2.5 test screen, you know, uh, in the engineering pages, you know, I used to stare at that and going, well, I don't, don't really know what contiguous graphics are anyway. You know, I just didn't really know. But when you see what that page was meant to look like when it is going through a proper uh, chip, you know, you go, wow, this is like, um, this is, you know, this is next. This is twenty first century stuff. Yeah, and you you might see that and say, "Wow, is this going to come in the future?" So some guy would have you on and say, "Oh, I've got level two and a half teletext round at my house. You know, <laughs> look how good I am." Just boasting, making stuff up. 
like saying, I've got Sonic 4 on me. You look at that, Sonic 4 on the Mega Drive, just making stuff up. So that was the sort of rumor that you would get, I think. Mm. Uh, what I like about the, the, the whole thing about, you know, these laws is that, you know, tech law as such, um, it, it's because um, it's because thousands of people use it, you know, and you, you look at now, uh, like it, it's gone in now to memes, um and copy and paste things um and it's now sort of like it, it lives on um it lives on you know in sort of like tiktok videos and things you know where people try and do outtakes on tiktok videos and, and things like that and, and that that's how the law is now going to carry on going um it, it will never it will never finish it will never finish you'll always find something else to assimilate on no because we have cultural artifacts so in folklore, these might be physical artifacts, like this pen. Like this, this very pen here has been passed down through the generations. But with teletext law, I think it will be more intangible. Mm -hmm. They're more data, memory type things. Mm -hmm. So teletext artifacts would be uh, artworks like the weather map, the infamous running clock mm -hmm. that would tell you when to put the clocks forward and back, um, uh, Boozler and of course palm trees mm -hmm. so I, I don't know if you can think of any other things along those lines the teletext cultural artifacts um, well the travel pages would have like the uh, the, the, the queue the, the traffic queue that they did on the on the picture that was always a good one um, and and most most teletext menus excluding the uh, John Burt era BBC one which I've got a personal hatred for where it was just like very boring but um but yeah, there's um, all sorts of things like that, and I remember the the the, the Buzz logo as well, um, and and the brick wall that they had, I think, on Oracle Kids, and and yeah, there were some really good, iconic uh, pieces of work there, um, and of obviously, you know, a lot a lot of the work that Ian Irving did as well, you know, so it, uh, you know, with uh, 4T, yeah, so, yeah, that was very, very good as well. Yeah, so inc it. incidentally, guys, just a quick promotion piece. There is an interview, a, a written interview right now up on teletextart.co.uk with Ian Irving. And in that, he says that the show was never called 40 the Dog. Now, everybody remembers it as 40 the Dog. But of course, 40 the Dog was the character and the show name or the cartoon strip name was the Fantastic Adventures of 40. Oh. So that's under the sort of CFAX holidays type thing that's become more yeah, uh, sort of well-known. Or an idiom that's come up as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah people call it something else and it, yeah, the, the adopted name becomes what it is. That's it. Yeah. Well, what's it called that when I'm sure there is an actual term for that when it's, it's a sort of uh, euphemism or uh, I don't know, a neologism. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> but there's a word for it, isn't there? When mm -hmm. that it's not supposed to be called this, but people call it that. So that that would, I suppose, sum up CFAX holidays as well. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. ZX Gesser says, My uncle works for CFAX. And he brought a level four set home. But you can't come round and see it because we've all got smallpox and he has to take it back next week. Sorry. <laughs> Can you play Steve Davis snooker on it, mate? I just don't need to know that. Well. <laughs> that would be good. 
that would be good, wouldn't it? That's it, yeah, yeah. My my uncle's pulled home a level four set. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Although you'd get mixed oh no, yeah. Well on level one teletotes, you'd get mixed up between the brown and the reds, wouldn't you? <laughs> because there's yeah, no brown they're... colour. And they're they're all square, all the balls are square. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um the Bernie Saunders um thing that came up where he came up as a meme. Um, looking really bored, I think. Uh, I think it's either Obama's or Trump's inauguration, and he just sat there cross-legged with a blanket over his leg, looking particularly grumpy. And then that that went across uh, the demo scene, Commodore sixty four, uh, with with that as well. And and it basically, the a picture of him appeared everywhere, and like in the Wild West, and he'd be there, like photoshopped and all that. And then that became a sort of a law. And then of course. I then saw that and then saw a Commodore version thought that would work really well in, in uh, Teletext. So I put him in front of a CFAX page. I mean, that was a good few years ago and it's a real short-lived meme because if you put it up now, people would really sort of struggle to know the, um, you know, the significance of it. But again, that was another perfect law, uh, a perfect law example where it transcended every technology and anybody who had the power to adapt it in any way just went out and, and mobilised and done it. Uh, you got the Max Headroom uh, intrusion as well, which is another great piece of law. It's a piece of law that never stops giving. And and then that, that works quite well across with, with, with Teletext as well, you know, sort of like intrusions, you know. So if you see some hidden code, you know, is that someone trying to hack into Teletext? Yes. Are there hidden messages coming across? Is this your four-minute warning? And they would tell you, but the snooker was on, you know. So, you know, is this the only way you're going to find out, you know? And, you know, and it goes back to, like, clock trackers and regional opt-outs, secret codes, you know, is there one particular thing going on a misspelt word that's instructing somebody somewhere to go off and do something or not do something? You know, my mind's racing away, but that that's exactly what what laws can do. You know, it's sort of like perhaps a harmless way of not um, not being too conspiratorial about things, maybe. But, um, you know, you can certainly let your imagination run wild with them. Yeah, absolutely, because you would often have poor reception as well, which would garble your, uh, the words mm. on the screen. Yes. So that could often change the meaning of what you were seeing. So it would remove words, perhaps, or change letters so that, it, so that you can't properly see what's going on. Mm. And it, that can be quite uh, ominous in a mm. way, because... Yeah, because if you're a follower of patterns and things like that, you know, when you see something like that, then there is a term, isn't there, where you, you hide the messages in, like in an encryption sort of way. Cryptography? Uh, yeah, cryptography or something like that. We use frequency analysis, you know, and if you're getting J's and G's coming up where you should have E's and I's, uh, <laughs> it can it can probably blow, blow someone's mind. <laughs> yeah, that's with the recoveries, though, isn't it? When mm. you recover and uh, recover teletext from a videotape and it sometimes comes out that the software can't tell the difference between e's and j's that's a very common thing so tell chirly chicks recovery oh my god chirly chicks recovery all the e's are j's <laughs> so that's that's quite humorous though isn't it that's a very specific teletext geek 
piece of lore, isn't it? Keep it teletext. Keep it blocky. Thanks for that auto signature. David, oh, um, Zedek's guesser says steganography, perhaps. That's the one. Thank you, guesser. Steganography. That's hiding the data in something else, he says. Yes. Which uh, I think, you know, it's you could do, do a lot of steganography with um, teletext art. You know, you just convert it back to, you oh, could yeah. just type in loads of rude words and then just change them into graphics mode. You know, you could have the most graphically beautiful words. So if you type it in and then just change it into graphics and it will make a picture. Yeah, that happened, didn't it, with the teletext page broadcast on Doctor Who. It was supposedly a hidden signal from an alien planet. But when you actually put it into teletext and change those garbled graphics into text mode, it says stuff like bum fluff, arse flap. And stuff like that. Oh, I did not know that. Things. I did not know. So that's another bit of law then. Yeah. Hidden messages on the. And who if you picked re- that up? Was that Pete Fagan that picked that up? I can't remember. That was. Yeah. Because he he like he's he loves his um yeah Doctor Who and he's a Doctor Who buff. Oh yeah, ZX Gesser mentions the Doctor Who thing, but if you remember our show with Pixel Blip. Hmm. Uh, the Masters of Teletext, Pixel Blip, it's called. He talks about the hidden messages that he includes in lots of his work. And if you go back through his discography, if you will, you you can find them if you're looking for certain things. So that's a fun thing you can all go into. Very good. Things to do. A bit of homework for everyone. Yes, homework. The Teletext Sofa Club homework, yes. Um, So in regards to Teletext law, David says premium rate reveals. So that would be a good hoax, wouldn't it? Yes. You know, so. Well, I think it's more the fact that you had to pay a premium rate to actually see, actually have a reveal button on your remote. (laughs) Oh, I see. Yeah. I think that's what it refers to. Yeah. ZX Guesser actually has the message that was broadcast on Doctor Who. And it says, Mon, nom, bog off you twit, ass face, boom, Doctor Who rules okay, so does Dave's program. So how did this come up? How was that discovered then that that was like, uh, um, you know, a graphics mode and it could be, did someone actually just copy that out and just put that back in? And, and just change it in an editor. I think at some point somebody must have caught on to the fact that this is probably a hidden message, so let's try it. Oh, my God. That's that, that's that very impressive. Very impressive. Either that or Dave, who presumably programmed that, told everybody about it. Oh, there's a hidden message that I put in Doctor Who. So that's uh, an Easter egg there. So yes. another bit of lore. Well, David says also, credit card reader on the remotes. So see, that's mm-hmm. brilliant because that's the sort of thing that you would believe mm-hmm. 100% mm-hmm. Uh, because it's just the right size, isn't it? The, the TV remote is just the right size to put your, let's pretend that that is mm-hmm. your credit card and it just slips in like yep. that, like a card reader. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's pretty mm-hmm. good. Page 1000. That'd be one, right? Yeah, well, page 999. Yeah. Yeah, in people's homages to Teletext, including the Spaceman video Mm. for Eurovision last year. Mm. uh, Yes. Sam Ryder. 
Mm. Includes pages nine 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 and all these numbers that you can't actually have. Tell you, it's just wrong. Yeah, so yeah. You just switch. <laughs> but I, I like the way that it was. Um, you know that 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 teletext was used as a um, you know, as, as a visual medium for the video. And um, you know, I I started watching it because it was teletext. But towards the end, I thought, yeah, you know, this has got a good chance of winning the song contest. You know, and it's sort of like. Um, you know, it's almost as good as the Lancashire hot pots. Well, thank you for that, Carl. Um, yeah, so ZX Guesser is has posted the meme of of Alan Partridge saying, "Stop getting Teletex wrong." <laughs> Stop getting on yeah, Discord. Yeah. Uh, would we? Would you like to wrap up on Teletex law? I think. Yeah, I, I think it's been a really good subject. Really. You know, it's been so so interesting. Uh, you know, really good, well well spotted. And the um, I suppose you better tell everyone about the the podcast where you got the inspiration from because um, I'd never heard of it. Tech Law, did you say it was? Well, I didn't know about it until it got recommended to me. But it's I think the name of the podcast is Net Law, Net and Law. it talks about all kinds of different law on the internet uh, that. So it sort of goes deep into these subjects that people find intriguing. And I, I think they said that one of the inspirations behind the name Net Law was Fax Law. So they decided to do a, a whole episode about Fax Law. And they, they wanted people to actually, because they were not ardent faxers back in the day, they're younger. Mm. They're younger net lawers. Uh, they they actually were interested to find out more information who used from people who used faxes and if they ever came across any of their own fax law. So I found that a very interesting subject and a, a, a cool podcast, I would say. So yeah. the Net Law podcast, if you want to look that up. If you fancy popping in on the Teletext Discord, drop me a PM and I'll send you the um, the Discord link for that. Also, there is my Discord for the Bite High No Limit podcast where I love to get feedback. In Kofi news, I'd like to thank my very first donor via Kofi, Meat Lotion. Uh, thank you very much for your kind donation, which you can do uh, on kofi.com forward slash bite high. Uh, it will go towards the costs of hosting this podcast and keeping it up on Podbean and also I'm using some of the funds for promotional materials as well um, as I've always said before this is a hobby for me but any extra uh, contributions will go towards offsetting any hosting costs that I have so I really do appreciate it um, you'll get yourself a mention on um, every podcast if you want to tick the publicity box that is uh, so thanks again to you a meat lotion you really are a star liking and reviewing the podcast also helps with the metrics of uh, getting this podcast out there as well so if you do have a bit of time and you fancy doing that uh, that would be most welcome Bite High No Limit is a Bite High No Limit production and it was presented by me Carl Atchell and Dan Farramond until next time keep it blocky <laughs> <laughs>